Uh, what's up everyone this is jason tucker and this is wp water cooler this episode is gonna be awesome right this is episode number 240 (laughs) and we're gonna be talking about managing difficult wordpress projects you have an easy mode you you have an easy mode rubik's cube in the foreground and a hard and a difficult mode in the background (laughs) well well, i guess we'll have to talk about easy mode and hard mode but before we begin george tell us a little bit about yourself Hi, I am George Stefanis. I work at Automatic on the Jetpack team. I like building shiny things, and I'm going to be speaking next weekend at WordCamp DC. So anyone on the East Coast, drop on by. Awesome. How about you, Russ? Oh, yeah. Hey, how's it going? I'm Russ. Uh, I work at a company called WebDev and uh, Maintain, and we do a lot of project client stuff that uh, we're going to talk about. Yeah. Sweet. What about you, Sarah? Hi, I'm Sarah Weefault. I'm the project manager at Zeke Interactive, and I lead the OC WordPress Design Meetup, which is the first Monday of every month in OC. Awesome. How about you, Say? Oh, hey, I'm Say Reed, and I make WordPress teach WordPress for WordPress. Wow, whatever. On all the things at Say Reed Media. Hi. Awesome. What about you, Steve? <laughs> I am Steve Zanga. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. And I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter, and I do a whole bunch of stuff here at Water Cooler. So make sure you go over to wwar.com and you can click on the links over there to find all the stuff about the shows. So let's talk a Those little bit. Those graphics were magic, right? I know. I spent <laughs> a lot of time on them. It, it took it took a lot of time. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about about managing uh, difficult WordPress projects. This is this is I know this topic is near and dear to happens. Steve's heart, and never so happens. it's like we we wrote this thing just for Steve. So right, <laughs> right, right, Sarah, we wrote it. The question is, what makes a project difficult? Is it the project itself, or is it the client that makes it difficult? I think yes. the answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. So, I mean, the answer to a difficult client is clear. You fire the client, which is the Jason, best we, feeling we, in the world, for the record. We only have a half an hour today, or? Yeah, it's half an hour. <laughs> we were going to be three hours, but it's, a, it's just half an hour. Okay. I think we need some definitions. I, we do. I've missed those. I really have. Yeah, so according to Wikipedia, difficult means. <laughs> um, no, we're not doing any definitions. Well, so, actually, I, I do want to define difficult because are we talking about difficult, i.e., complicated, or difficult, i.e., super custom? Or, like, you know, George is saying, is it difficult, i.e., you know, because of the, the client? You know, there's different types of difficult. And it's almost it, it's if, a big conversion. It's it's almost as if the title to this show was written to be open-ended. Oh, yeah. Wow. We or it was written that. to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> we, lost funny, we, we lost Sarah. We lost Sarah. We're doing like the Sesame Street word of the day. It is <laughs> difficult. But is it, is it, is it, is it's difficult? Like it's like your uh, Facebook status, you know, it's complicated kind of thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You can actually tell it for how long it's been difficult, you know, like from June to July is how long you've been difficult. So, so but, I, let's, it, yeah, it, open-ended, it was, let's talk was, a little bit about it. Well, it, it, was a, it was an interesting choice of words, right? The word was difficult, right? To me, difficult means something, something didn't go as smoothly as planned on the project, right? So perhaps... Something difficult in past tense? Well, perhaps difficult. 
perhaps perhaps a, a scope was created and we didn't do i'm not saying we i'm just saying as a general group right not you, you anyone where it's <laughs> someone someone didn't do full discovery on the project so a a feature that was planned was taking longer than expected right that's one way a project can become more difficult than anticipated so are you saying that this particular episode will not be in the zeke newsletter that gets sent out to all the clients is that what you're saying i yeah. have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what difficulty i mean i've had difficult clients but a lot of the time was oh, it was no, difficult yeah, because okay. it was difficult because i didn't know what the heck i was doing and now, well, you, uh, just, now you just went into well you just went into different territory right so so i define difficult as something that maybe i took on that was more difficult than i expected you're yep. saying you're saying you're talking about a difficult client where a client is let's talk about uh, let's say it a different way. There's a misalignment of expectations between you and a client. Well, I, I mean, I would even include that there's some kind of communication barrier, right? Where the, they they say they want a category, but it's actually taxonomy. So there's you're getting lost in translation. There's some kind of mishappening go there, and I, I totally agree, Jason. That happens all the time. Yep. So you're saying that there's that there's a miscommunication. I would say that that though falls under the the title of the difficult client, which is also you know obviously contributes, but isn't necessarily the same thing as difficult WordPress projects. Because I would interpret it as being complicated, like com like you're saying it's complicated, complicated and involved WordPress projects. To me, means that that's well, I guess it, yeah. Difficult's a weird word. Well, and there's excuse me, say I am not a difficult person. I'm just complex. <laughs> Go ahead, That's Sarah. That's true. When we're talking about complex, where you know there are multiple issues here. So there's the technical level of complex, but then there's also an interpersonal level of complex because you've got clients of varying uh, degrees of understanding. I mean, you may have a process that works for every single one of your clients. You know, you you're like, okay, I have this set of deliverables. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a set of wireframes. Then after you approve the wireframes, you move directly into design. But that falls apart if your client doesn't understand what wireframes are. Yep. So, um, so, so, okay, I want to address Say's point here, right? So there's nothing wrong with a difficult technical project or a, t or a complex technical project as long as you've stated that at the, on the, on, at the onset and you're getting compensated appropriately for building that, that complex technical project. Nothing wrong with that. Where it becomes, where the whole project becomes difficult, right, uh, is when those expectations haven't been set out from the onset, or the scope is off, and and you encounter something that's more difficult than you anticipated, or that you planned for, or that you budgeted for, or those change orders that just came in that the the customer didn't realize is going to be a change order, and they Again, thought, oh, it's totally in scope. So, so, so change, change orders, again, That's Jason, that's why I asked if this episode was only 30 minutes a day. We, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on change orders. As a matter of fact, we're talking about change orders at our next business track meetup in August. Nice. Okay, well, we, we may have to come circle back around and actually talk about that here just to, just to kind of bring it all together. But I would say that actually change orders are a key point in doing the full title of what we're talking about, which is managing difficult projects. Because I think that... Uh, when a difficult project 
gets kind of untenable is when you don't do those change orders and you don't say, hey, this is getting outside of what we've defined and you don't acknowledge that with something like a change order or some sort of where you say like, hey, stop, we have to like kind of regroup. If you don't do that, that is the tipping point, I think, between something that is complicated, difficult and um, untenable difficult, which are so kind of different, so different sizes. And, and this is kind of one of the things that I, I, I've talked about at, like, at a couple word camps and, and actually coming up again September, Word Camp Sacramento. Um, Double guns. Start, exactly. When we start <laughs> talking about, you know, change orders and everything, like what, what we're, I think we're talking about is a process that we rely on. You know, like we have a set of actions and deliverables that we take in certain situations as we move through the natural progression of a project. Um, and, and it's easy to be able to just say like, oh yeah, you want to change something to the scope, it's a change order and we'll just do that. But when you start talking about things and you start talking to a client about how that budget that they're pretty attached to is no longer going to cut it, um, you know, those discussions can, can become heated very quickly. And if they're not handled in a particular way, um, you know, relationships can fall apart. So, so one of, oh, go ahead. Sorry, didn't one, cut of, you off. one of the ways that I try to, to handle that <laughs> is using um, something I learned from improv comedy. Uh, yes, man. Explain. So, so, so it's for example, hey, I'm a client and I want this new feature, and it's going to, you know, so then I say as the project manager. Yes, that sounds like a great addition to the project. Let me come back to you tomorrow with a complete analysis of how that impacts our scope. And so uh, one thing I wanted to say about change orders and, and uh, is kind of in response to what Say said is a change order is only one possible outcome of proper communication, right? So if you are, if you are communicating as, as things change uh, on, on a project, um, a cha change order, it, it may result in change order, it may not. And that's why, you know, Sarah put it, um, uh, in, in Sarah worded it really well, and that's how we tend to word things at Zeke. When a when a change or a discussion happens with a client on, you know, something that is outside of scope, we t we tend to discuss it as the impact, right? So let's let's discuss what the impact of that of that request is going to be, right? It may impact budget, it may impact timeline, it may not impact either of those things, right? So the change they're requesting might just be simple, and 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 we throw it in, but the importance is that we're discussing that as a change, right? Right. So so that that way the client understands here was the scope, we've discussed a change, right? That might be a no. It might be a no impact change, but it is a change to the original scope. And the reason we do that is so that we're setting the expectations for when those large changes come along, right? Change that may impact the timeline or the budget or both. Another way to handle a change is to do what I call a trade, right? So if a, a client wants a change, right? So we've discussed, hey, you've asked for a change. It's not in the original scope. We all agree to that, right? But the budget can't change and the timeline can't change. That's fine. What what feature can we trade for, right? So can we pull something out of your original scope and put this in so that we can hit your original timeline and budget, right? So that's that's simply a trade. I mean, I think a lot of other things that come with tricky projects are we've off. I've seen a number of times where someone wants to save more money, so instead of like going with a full agency, they'll go with. Uh, freelancer or a developer 
Um, and they all assume that the developer is going to do the project management. The developer assumes that the client is doing the project management. So when the, when the client comes to the developer and says, hey, can we do X? The developer says, of course we can do X and goes <laughs> off to do X, thinking it was a request to do this instead of the client was just trying to explore, is this a possibility worth pursuing? Uh, and then the entire project gets bogged down because the communication between the two doesn't have an intermediary that's actually weighing the cost and benefit of each aspect that's going through. I, th I think that's really I think that's really interesting that you say that, George, because there's a lot of times where somebody will say, make it do this, and then you're like, well, okay, we need to find budget, and then there, there's those times where people are asking, can we? And so, like, how do you bill for that? Because that's kind of discovery time, right? You have to discover if you can go and do that thing. You just don't know off the top of your head in some cases. So how do you add time to that? Like, does that become more of a problem as well? Uh, to that same point, oftentimes clients who are asking for a thing might ask for a specific thing, but they don't actually know what it is that they want. So if you don't take the time to do that discovery, you know, it actually might be a simple, a simple change. But, you know, if you just go with what they say, and I always, with my clients, I always ask, okay, can you please articulate what you want to happen at the end of this? What do you want the result to be? Don't worry about how we do it, because I'll figure that part out. You, I just want you to tell me what you want it to do at the end when it's done. And then that way, you know, sometimes it's as simple as installing a plugin that does the thing. And, you know, but they're trying, they, the way that they might explain it is overly complicated because they don't understand, you know, how WordPress works most of the time is really. I think, <laughs> I think George brings up a very interesting point about wanting to do projects on the cheap, right? Or save money. Right, and ultimately the rule, the the, the golden rule is, uh, you can pay now or pay later, right? It, it, it's very simple. If if you go with something, if you're trying to save money, if you, you ultimately you get what you pay for. So if you if you're hiring somebody on the cheap, especially somebody that doesn't have a project manager, a, a one person type of operation, you you can expect to incur more time or have it not be done right, and and pay for changes later. That's just how it goes. Creating difficult WordPress projects. That's the opposite of them. It is creating them to be more complicated because each each subsequent developer in that scenario that you're, you guys are describing is uh, saddled with more and more, you know, kind of undocumented coding baggage, including like you know 12, 12 different plugins. Because that's actually what I would consider to be a difficult WordPress project would be to actually untangle something that has become so entrenched. It's got, you know, three different sliders on six, you know, different category pages or whatever's happening. And, but it's a live site that's functioning. So that to me is actually more difficult than creating the project and communicating because you're Say. having to preserve a presence. What? Say, I think you should write a book. It's going to be called Undocumented Coding Baggage. <laughs> I think we'd be well equipped to talk about all sorts of with that. I, I think we're going to need to build a wall to keep all the undocumented coding out of <laughs> out of our website. <laughs> well, no wall. And, and and here's the deal: when you when when a, a, a developer inherits another project, or you bring on somebody to put a coat of paint on a turd, right? That that's how I often <laughs> describe it, right? 
a right? gross but accurate description. And, but it's and true, like, no, no, no. right? And you're like, no, but you can't paint this because it's still going to stink. And they're like, no, no, no. Just paint it. Just paint it. Right? It'll be fine. When you put a coat of paint on a turd, all of that happens, right? So so oh. if, 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 a, if a client has hired someone to do something, they've done it on the cheap, Right, and that that project was created poorly. Right, it, what it didn't follow best practices for some reason. Right, the client at that point right has already invested money. Right, mm -hmm. so they want to preserve as much as possible. And we we often get those projects. Uh, you know, pat, those projects come along my uh, across my desk all the time. Right, and unfortunately, nine out of ten of those projects, and all you know, of course, eighty percent of statistics are made up. But nine out of ten of those projects, <laughs> right. I, I will look at them and say, this is a throwaway, right? You're, you're better off starting over from scratch. And a client a doesn't really want to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are very hard conversations to have. Well, especially trying to explain to somebody like, hey, this is kind of like like your theme is kind of Frankenstein together. It's oh. not it's not oh, going to wow. it's not going to help. And then try to explain that to somebody. They're, they're like, so like the the neck of the theme is wrong, and you're like, no, no, no. Let's start like this. <laughs> and like that conversation alone, you could have had a new theme already built. You know, like, <laughs> you you. Uh, but then there's some clients which you know they have like this shared hosting land so in order to build that new site you have to like upgrade their hosting in order to get them to a point where they have the staging sites that you can build a thing while the site exists that's i think again those kind of silly kind of low-end um complications are what makes things more difficult if you have a bunch of crappy data you have to transfer into some other taxonomy or some other post type that so starts to become annoying what, what I... mm -hmm. yeah go on Right. Just what I'm what I'm hearing is that it is a problem of intake. So yeah. when when somebody comes to you and they're like, "Hey, so I have this spaghetti code, and uh, it's not quite finished, but I think we're almost there." And you you know pop the hood on it, and instead of like a car engine, it's like a squeaky toy, and you're like, uh, "This is not going to work." And and you have to have you have to have these difficult conversations. And, and, you know, like everyone is saying, nobody wants to hear this, but sometimes you just have, sometimes I have found that, especially the clients that are really, that, that, that understand the value that you bring to the table will respect you more if you're like, listen, this is what's happening. Here's exactly what this project looks like. And you've, you've demonstrated that you can step forward, take control and be like, this is what we recommend. And Sarah and I have this conversation all the time, right? We cannot control a client's reaction, right? We can't control what happens on the other side, right? And so because of that, we, we can't, we're not going to pull any punches because the client might react negatively to whatever news we're, we're, we're delivering, right? We'd be doing this. Well, we'd, but we'd be doing <laughs> a disservice if we didn't, if we didn't deliver the news, right? But, but a lot of, I think a lot of people get caught up in, they don't want to upset someone or or piss somebody off or risk losing the project and so they don't have those difficult conversations see i brought it back i brought it right back around full circle see i that's why i love the work that i do with the sbdc because all i get to do they come to me and i get to be like this is your difficult situation this is i should fix it bye <laughs>
great. You know, hey, I, let's just send them over to say. You should just send hey, me. I'll sort it all out and then send it back to you fixed. That's like kind of like my not the actual code fix, just the, the spaghetti part and the counseling of let me walk you say, through this of why you should not have hired someone from India when you have no idea what it is that they're doing. Oh, oh, that's no a whole you you heard it here on episode two forty. If you have bad news to deliver, just send it over to say. Yeah. Right. Wow. It took us two hundred forty freaking episodes to finally figure this out. <laughs> Who would have thought? I wonder if there's a business there. You know how like you can send send like kind of like a uh, a thank you gram. Like, can you send somebody to be like, hey, sorry, your website's down, or like, hey, we're okay, sorry, you the quiet. You got say, totally screwed by your last developer, is, and this is going to cost you a lot of money. And say, um, can you come up with a song? It's like you got screwed by. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Your I code, think I think that's a new code, service. Yeah. <laughs> I think this all kind of goes back to to yes and in a lot of ways because you know somebody's coming to you with a problem and you're telling them that they get, you can fix it and if you're framing it like you know what yes I hear you we can like you can have everything you want and it's going to cost you X and it's going to take this long because I, it's I think it's when 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 people start to feel too concerned about how someone's going to react and they start pulling punches and what people he start to hear is like, no, you can't help me. And you know, that also goes, I think that, that, that also goes during the project, right? So I think a lot of people get them caught themselves caught up when they've, they've taken on a project, they need the work, right? They don't want to lose the work, right? So they're counting on whatever income is coming from the project. So they, they get skittish about delivering bad news during the project, right? So those conversations don't happen. And those expectations just get further apart. And that's where I think a lot of the breakdown happens. And then the developers stop calling the client back. I, uh, um, I I may have written a blog post about that this morning. And then they're just gone. <laughs> and then the, the person's like, I don't know what happened. I was, and oftentimes the answer to that question is, wow, you were overly demanding and horrible. And the developer doesn't know how to communicate, hasn't listened to Steve ever, and ran away. <laughs> and, and that's, and this is that's what happens. This is the thing I talk about with just people in their general lives, not necessarily you know in, in development projects. But the difference between fault and responsibility right so a, a project going straight to hell may not be your fault but it's your responsibility absolutely i like that distinction that's a great uh, distinction to make i think a lot of developers feel that things that are their responsibility because the client makes it into it's your fault even if you inherited broken code as soon as you say yeah i'm on board with this project now that code is your fault so and that right. is a, that's a thing about defining your conversation and, with your client. And I call it I call it ownership, right? We're always going to take ownership, even if we whether we created the mess or not. We take ownership once we take on a project. I'm sorry, Russ. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just to say it's one of those reasons why you should be keeping WordPress core and your themes and your plugins up to date, because you know sometimes you have a feature request where you know. Like, I want to do something cool with WooCommerce. And it's like, well, we need to upgrade WooCommerce and all your templates and your themes before we can even get you to that point. And that's even a harder conversation that you have, right? Okay. So so keeping your stuff updated is going to make a, a lot of this flow a little smoother. It's, it's funny. Also, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. No, I was going to say, I mean, but that also helps, you know, at your, your communication at the outset. You know, it's one of the expectations that you set. You know, one of the things that we do at Zeek is, you know, our expectation is that as soon as we 
deliver your site and put it live and it's done, we're still working on your site and we're going to be updating your, your software once a month. So, so that's already rolled in. And so, you know, uh, you know, again, I, I, I have no actual statistics to back this up, but I, my, my, my monkey man is, yes, is that nine out of 10 of those projects that, that come across my desk that we're, that we're being asked to inherit start like this. Hey, we're, we, whatever the, this past developer has uh, done for us, we can't update WordPress or plugins anymore. It's always that, right? So I, I love those. That's like nine times out of ten. They're 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 in that stagnant state because they can't update the theme. They can't update right. the plugin because it's hooked into their theme or, somehow. Or, or, or even worse, they've, they've pushed, even worse, they've pushed the update button and they and they've white screened. I think my right. favorite. I, honestly, I don't know. Those are better because they at least tried. Sometimes you <laughs> all you have to do is push the button and you don't white screen. You know, it's like. I think my favorite is when they say, hey, we hired this developer to do this and they have, you know, stopped responding to us. Can you take over where they have left off? And it's like, well, no, because I don't know what they did. You don't have any documentation. Well, so we have to start from scratch. And so, well, and so when, when we get those, uh, when I get those kind of calls, uh, my, my typical response is absolutely, right? But our first phase on this project is going to be discovery. So here's, here's how many hours we need to, to put in to discover what that previous developer has done. And, and when we do discovery, we deliver a report, right? We deliver a report back to the client at the end of discovery. It says, hey, here's what you have. Right. And that report, we basically say, listen, it's just to educate you as to what you own. Right. Whether you use this or not, that report is valuable to take on to your next developer. It's like, you know, Russ, how you and I have that analogy we use about how your house, your WordPress house and all that stuff. So this is like when you're selling a house, you're buying a house, you get an inspection report and you're like, does it have asbestos? Is there is there mold in your code? There might be. And, <laughs> and, and, nine, and nine out of ten of those WordPress projects that we inherit have asbestos in them. There's literally, literally asbestos. Sixty percent of the time, a hundred percent, it works. <laughs> but some of these developers are trying to invent new things, like they want to make a child plugin. I built this thing using Drupal and then we transferred it to WordPress and it used to be on Joomla and now this is what we ended up with and you're just like, oh my and God. You know what? And you know what? I commend them on that, on I trying. Have a, I have a client, uh, actually a client yesterday that I was helping and um, so I go into the themes to see like, you know, what's this theme that's in here and uh, right next <laughs> to the parent theme, which is activated, is the child theme. And nice. I'm like, Oh, it's just hanging out in there, not doing what it's supposed to do. Well, I, I mean, I mean, ch ch children should be seen and not heard. I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> we, we inherited a project. We inherited a project last year where they had ported a website over from Python. Uh, and sort of left the Python code in there in the theme, right? And then tried to rebuild the theme as an MVC, so it was a model view controller type of structure. Oh lord! It was it was fun. It was good, right, George? We're switching over to Python, right? We're not we're not going <laughs> Node. We're just going Python. We all need to be written in Node. I mean, and we all need to learn Python deeply. I think that there is a plugin that allow you to put Python in your post editor. So since we only have a couple minutes here, see, I have a I have an idea for you on your new business, right? Since your your business your new business is going to be delivering bad news, but I in a so song, 
it, no but problem. in a song, I think I think you should. I think you need to look up and see where the band Lit is doing now because uh, they're probably available Dude, to help I you. I will end you. <laughs> it could be uh, my back. <laughs> I, I also I, no I, surprise I, to me. I am my own worst enemy. I also I can't go in this orange castle. Every time I code, I have to write in PHP. <laughs> Please tell me why. I also heard that Three Doors <laughs> Down is available, Steve. <laughs> they are. They actually totally and, 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 and you can actually use the rights to, to the song Kryptonite. You know, you can say that this feature request is your Kryptonite. Jason, can you end this? Anytime I love soon? you, folks. I love you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you all for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, folks, for at home listening and watching. We really appreciate that as thank well. You. Go over to our website at wpwatercore.com. You can click on the link search to subscribe. If you enjoyed this content, hit the little thumbs up button. And if you're uh, checking us out on iTunes or anything like that, leave us a review. We would love to see that as well. Talk to you all later. You have a good one. Bye-bye. Please.